Let's get her going. Episode two of Bring It. Here we are again tonight. We're going to jump right into it. We got an action-packed show here tonight. We are going to talk. We're going to start off with some league chatter, get into some things that we didn't cover during episode one for some reason. Um, Talk a little bit about the Challenge Cup that's going on right now. We're about less than two hours away from when Mass is going to be playing. We're recording this on Thursday night. Hopefully you've seen you're, you're subscribed to us over on Spotify or iTunes. You know you've taken a look at the Facebook page. Um, and tonight I'm Big Boy J Rowe, and I got my boys with me. I got uh, the good man. With actually, this is going to be a fun one because it's the man that chirped you for shooting middle, Hazer. What's happening? I'm just looking forward to having a nice conversation with a young gentleman who I'm sure can teach me a thing or two about life. I'm also really enjoying one day when you get real internet. Speaking of real internet, uh, Chad Lawrence is joining us tonight. Chad, what's up, baby? Hey, what's going on? Looking uh, forward for another fun podcast. Hopefully, you guys can hear me a little bit better this time over the first over the first podcast. So. You actually sound better than Hazer right there. And hey, maybe we'll uh, me and Hazer will let you get a couple words in tonight. Last but not least, my. Other co-host is Dustin Merrill. Dustin, hopefully that boils shut off by now. What's up, gentlemen? It's good to actually hear Chad tonight. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. We got a good show for you. And tonight, finally, the guest that was supposed to join us in episode one, but apparently where he lives in Maine, you need to ride a bike to power your internet. Uh, the new president of the Merrimack Men's Slow Pitch Softball League, Jim O'Connor. How's it going, boys? Glad to be here. Insert applause. <laughs> Man, we we ever get that high level? That's gonna be. We're gonna have a nice board and everything. Uh, no, but it's good. I'm glad we got Jim in here tonight. Um, but Dustin, what, let's kick her off. Start us going, baby. Yeah. So uh, first thing I want to talk about is uh, Chad. You said that your dad has two phones, huh? Unreal move today. That happened. I have, I have no idea what was going on. So. Every time I go over, he gives me his phone for some sort of task, whether, you know, connecting to Bluetooth and I'm not the guy to ask, but anyways, um, he does that. So today I was trying to get a serious connected to, um, Alexa, no idea how to do that, but he just ordered serious five bucks a month. Nice little plug for them. But, um, so I'm working on his phone and I look over and he's on another phone, liking Facebook posts and doing God knows what I'm like, what is that? Like, why do you have two phones? And then he t- he let me know that when one phone he doesn't know how to spell a word, he goes to the other one and looks it up to um, confirm the spelling of the word, and then proceeds with his message or whatever he's doing. But just a mind-boggling move. No idea why he has two phones. I don't know. He I don't think he knows why he has two phones, but he does. And he's just incredible. that's what retired people do. Yeah, it's that's incredible. Un- unbelievable. It's unbelievable that he has a phone that that spells for him. <laughs> On his other phone. The only time I ever knew yeah, I have- had two phones was one. They, they had a good boy phone and a bad boy phone. The one good boy phone was kind of for the wife and the family, and the bad boy phone was for the girlfriend. That could be. That could be going on. Would check in your spelling. The guy's necking and cuddling now, so who knows what's up with that guy? He's just living his best life. Little kiss and cuddle. That's all. Just, just a little kiss and cuddle. So yeah, let's uh, let's jump right into it. Um, Merrimack. 2021 
Um, we the, the board and the president just had a meeting. Uh, when was it, Jim? A week, two two weeks ago. Uh, it was before the new year. So. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so we got some notes from that meeting. Uh, we want to go over, uh, yeah, let's jump right into it. Um, so this year we're, they're going to be bringing back the website. Um, maybe some of the guys who have played before my time might be able to, um, kind of interject here because I, I believe there was a website at one point, but it, I'm not sure what the, the extent of the use was. I, I can remember the website being good for seeing the schedule that hadn't been updated. Um, it, it looked like it was one of those ones that you made when you were in middle school. It was definitely the same server as that. So hopefully Jim's bringing us something, you know, closer to 2021 than 2001. Yeah, I mean, the, the old one was the one of the old E-Teams websites and uh, didn't get updated very often and I, I don't know if they were paying for it or what, but um, yeah, when I, when I ran the fall ball, I made a website. Um, Cause as you guys know, I don't have Facebook. So I would love for me to just be able to communicate with people on the website and not have to deal with any of that stuff. So um, it worked out. Like a lot of people really liked it. Um, I got pretty much zero people texting me what times the game when I send everyone the schedule at the beginning of every year. Um, and now that everything's just all going to be on that one website, um, I think it's going to be a lot better from a communication standpoint. I totally agree with that because uh, like you had mentioned, not everybody has a Facebook page. You know what I mean? So if, if any of the new rules or any, any updates or anything, or that's the only place it's being put, um, it definitely puts some of the people at a disadvantage. And, and we all know how brutal some of those group messages can be. Um, when somebody doesn't have an iPhone and everything's getting all split up and, um, sometimes, sometimes, yeah, sometimes people miss out on, or people go on for forever and nobody scrolls. Um, so it, it's nice that, uh, I'm hoping that people will actually go and, and use that. Um, we'll still probably have somebody posting on Facebook about like if there's updates, if games are going to get rained out or something like that. But I'm hoping that the majority of, um, the majority of the information that everyone's going to need for the league is going to be on that website. What, what else are you going to use the website for? I know in the fall ball, we had a bunch of stuff up there. Um, are you going to get into home runs, batting average, OBP? Um, you know, obviously you're going to have the scheduled standings um, bylaws, which will be great. So we don't have kind of what happened in the finals last year reoccur. Um, what are you thinking about for the website? Yeah, um, definitely want to put the bylaws up there. I think it's something that, there's no reason why everyone shouldn't be able to see kind of what the rules are. Um, also leads to a lot less confusion when things actually come up during the season. So definitely plan on putting that up there. Uh, in terms of stats, I don't, I don't think we're going to do OBP or batting average or anything like that. We don't want it to become, um, you know, people getting, getting chirped because they're hitting 300 or something like that. Like, that's not the point. Um, I definitely want to use it to keep track. We'll keep track of home runs like we always do. Uh, and definitely want to keep track of games played. I think that's one thing that's always been a, a kind of a an issue as we get towards like the back half of the season is all these rumors. This guy's only played six games. No, actually, I heard he's played seven. Well, was he there against you guys? Was he there against you guys? Like it always comes down to that. And everyone is supposed to bring their scorebooks at the end of the year, and that never happens. And nobody ever really gets called out. So I think one thing I've always been preaching is we should know how many games guys are playing as the season's going on. Um, so that's one thing without, I'll definitely plan to keep track of on the website, but like you mentioned, other than that schedule standings, um, I would love to use like the mess, like the message board thing on there. 
um, to get some chatter going. But um, I, I think that's people like to do that on Facebook. Not everyone has two phones, so they can go and and you know talk on Facebook. <laughs> you do, and, and chat on, do. on the Merrimack website on the other. So uh, yeah, I, I think I don't definitely don't want to put all of the stats in for every single game. So going to keep it simple: home runs and, and games played, and then any other updates and things like that will be on there too. So Jim, um, yeah, Chad, jump in. Yeah, sorry about that. So um, obviously, congratulations on becoming the president of Merrimack. That's awesome. I think we're all looking forward to having you. Uh, lead us, you know, um, but just if if you can um, kind of just go over a couple of things of what makes Merrimack so unique and um, kind of what differentiates that league from any other league that we have in New Hampshire um, and just kind of, kind of, you know, tell us what's so great about it. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's kind of hard for me to answer that question just because I really haven't played in many other leagues. And I think that in and of itself is, expresses like how awesome I think this league is. I've never really felt the need to go play anywhere else. Um, so a lot of what I can use to compare to other leagues is based on what I hear from other people. Um, I, I mean, I played, we used, I played in Sunday nights in Manchester and uh, that was fun, but you, that's really all I can compare it to. Um, but in terms of that, um, it's just much better. I think when I was listening to the last podcast, Colby mentioned it and he, he brought it up pretty well. In other leagues, you can, at least one or two teams going to the field knows every night that they're going to get stomped. And at the playoffs, it's always the same two or three teams at the end. And that's never like that in this league. Yeah. So um, one of the leagues I used to play in uh, the dairy league, it was an extremely competitive league. Uh, It had an A division and a B division. The A division uh, for the most part played other A division teams. And then you essentially went, played if you were on an a team and you played a b division team you were going there for like an extended bp right um i I think merrimack definitely and and everyone has kind of put it this way you know you're you're taking some of the top level players all the way down to just guys who are just going there to, to drink a couple beers who don't really play uh you know didn't really play baseball don't really have a lot of experience playing the game they just want to go and hang out um and it kind of, as, as from my experiences, it has brought some of those some of those guys who are like fringe softball players to actually really enjoy the game because they have guys on their team that they can learn from, uh, and they have um, and and for the guys who are more competitive, um, it, it brings it down to just being like it, it is just fun, you know what I mean? It's not and not everything is ultra competitive all the yeah, time. Yeah, totally. I mean, it's it's a, I think it's a it's a great balance of competitive and, and like a community. Um, I think I, I've seen that much more than any other league. Um, so yeah, it's awesome. It's the best. Jim, I just want to point out, um, don't sell yourself short. You won, I believe you won a huge, uh, after work co-ed Murphy's league championship. It wasn't so Murphy's guess- league. Don't, don't be throwing that slander out here. We, we were hitting real balls, but you will. I yeah, mean, we- that's, that's a big tournament. That's a big championship in, in another league you've been in. Absolutely. But I think. I, I, it's funny you bring that up. Like, like that's just different. It's not, not all softball is the same, no matter where you go. Like I had so much fun playing in that, in that league because it was a put together team. It wasn't a draft. So I got to play with three of my buddies that I played high school baseball with first time we were on the same team. Like, so that part of it was awesome. Um, but in terms of like competitiveness and the, just the whole draft aspect of it is, is something that is just so unique that that makes it so much different and 
it, it's it's the best part about the league, I think, without a doubt. I'm going to put you on the spot real quick. Uh, speaking of drafts, um, what are the chances that this big time podcast can do a podcast during the league draft from the uh, the draft headquarters? Uh, I mean, I don't know. That's that's not up to me. It's it's a it's a group decision. So we can bring it up to a vote and see what see what people think. But uh, that's that's one of those things I can't make the call on my own. Hey, we'll take we'll take the hot tub area. We'll just stay up top, watch you guys down by the pool. We'll we'll stay out of the way. We'll do some live interviews during it. It'll get some real good. We'll get some hot takes. So just it sounds like you've already there. sounds like you've already scheduled it to be at V's house. Is what it sounds uh, yeah. like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. That's the way we he doesn't. I mean, assumption, yeah. but well, I'll see what I can do. We're gonna bring him on soon, so we can butter him up and just get an invite to his house that day. And if the draft happens to be there, it's there. I'll bring it. Hey, I'll bring I, won't, a I, I definitely, I definitely won't complain if it's there. That's for sure. Love that. Love that. So uh, moving on in these, uh, the, the board meeting notes here. Um, so it looks like we're going to have Gibby start to work on fixing the stairs. I know this uh, was brought up before 2020. Um, the league is looking to get upstairs uh, on the, of the hut to uh to try and get a scoreboard together and and we're looking to move forward there um is there anything that you can touch on there jim yeah i mean we um something that we've wanted to do like you mentioned for a few years and just last year just didn't make sense to do it last year um i think it's 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 turned into more than just being able to use the scoreboard it's also um for the people that play in the league they know that there's that been that little shed that we store a lot of the stuff for the league rakes and uh, things like that, uh, which we were only expected to get like a year or two out of. And it lasted us like five years, but it finally fell apart this year. So um, we need, we also are going to have Gibby kind of build a little area into that, not up the stairs, obviously, but right inside that little hut area so that we can use that for storage and stuff. So um, yeah, I mean, something that we're, we're definitely planning on doing um, would love to get the scoreboard to use that we have out in center field, but we need to be able to get up there first and figure out what that might cost or what that would look like. So if we can get the scoreboard working, that's awesome. That would be the something that I think would definitely help out in the, in the league for sure. We it used to run, I would say in my first like year or two in the league, we would use it during the playoffs. Um, but it seems like there's something messed up there. So step one is the, is the stairs and then we'll go from there. So Jim, off of that, um, it is. There, it looks like there's talk of increasing the the required player fee. So, what other types of improvements, and what what will a guy that's joining the league see for the money that he's he's paying to play? Yeah, yeah, um, definitely plan to do um, some of the like trimming of the branches out in uh, out in the outfield. We something we've already got kind of lined up to do, um, and you know, with the possibility of us having nine teams or possibly 10 teams, that means we'd have to use another field. Um, and, and typically that's been the Legion and we have to do all the upkeep for that. Um, so that's where part of the money would be going to. And, um, you know, other kind of like the website that costs money. So just other little things that um, we feel like $20 to play 30, 30 games is, is, is pretty fair. I don't think that's going to turn anyone away. So I think it makes, it's going to make it better for everyone. I know when I, um, 
got the text from you last year because last year was my first year in the league if you didn't know that outside of the five yeah, guys I'm, on the podcast but when you told me you is how i was awarded gm of the year obviously <laughs> <laughs> uh but when you told me it was 10 bucks to play i i forgot the money i said hey amanda uh can you grab me two fives i gotta pay my player fees she goes each game i go no well it's right now say that somebody did did tell karima he thought it was ten dollars a game and he was still willing to do it for 27 games but um, I think that's that's another thing that's unique to our league as uh, in terms of other leagues that I've played in, where even leagues where I've had a team where it's sponsored, we still have to pay 50, 60 bucks to pay to play what eight to 10 games. Um, I think the fact that the most you're paying is 20 bucks plus maybe jerseys plus bring a 30 every once in a while, depending on how many times you fuck up like chambers. But um, I think that's totally unique um, to, to our league as well. Does Chambers still have a debt to Buckley's? I think he does, right? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. That's one of those things that it's it's probably not even worth arguing it out. Has he hit a home run yet? No. No, he has Sad. not. Sad. I think from the pitcher's mound, he got close. Mm, it was a it was a good swing. It was a good. It was a base hit, but it wasn't close. Has he beaten anyone in a race yet? He, we never <laughs> raced. We never raced. We figured out why his arm sleeve is always up. Man, that kid is I, – I love that kid. He's the best. I, I don't question anything that he does because I would just – I don't have that much time. He, everything he does is just so questionable. But um, It's a whole podcast in itself. But I, I love that kid. He's just – he's so awesome. He, I've never met anybody that can can constantly get chirped by like everybody and just not care, literally not care. I respect that. So moving on um... – from the, the league fees, uh, it looks like there are going to be a couple of openings as far as coaching goes. And um, so who's out? Who's in? Uh, what are we looking at for teams right now as far as number of teams? And uh, is, is there like a number of players that we need to bring in to, to, uh, to match what we need for each roster? Yeah, I think it's – in terms of that last part, it's still kind of early um, for us to set kind of a number on how many we, we might need, not knowing how many we're going to going to lose from this year. Um, this year, preparing for the season in terms of teams and, and players and how everything's going to be set up is is incredibly unique, almost more unique than last year, because we're saying we're picking up from 20 where 2019 ended. And I don't know about you guys, but I totally forget how like what how the 2019 season ended. Like, uh, I don't even know who I, won. I, I barely remember who was on my team. So um, I think the the what we're hearing is that a lot of people that sat out last year are hopefully going to be back, but you never know. Um, that's usually becomes starts to become more clear on March, April time, um, right before the tryouts. But uh, I think we're definitely preparing to have nine teams. Um, obviously, if we have eight teams, that'll be um, – but I can't see us having less than eight. And in terms of the ownership, um, I think we have two spots open right now. If we were to have eight teams, it would be three spots open if we were to have nine. Um, from 2019, uh, Billy Quigley and Chris Rusin, they had a team. Um, and they aren't sure if they're going to be coming back this year. I hope they do. Um, but even if they do, it doesn't seem like they're going to be coaching or anything like that. So that team will be up for grabs. Um, uh, the the team, the Brandon Pikachu's team, uh, that one's going to be open as well. Um, and then that leaves myself with Buckley, 
uh, Todd with Monahan, Sean Taylor with regional Mitch has Holtz Karima with boomers and Johnny with, uh, with Rose. Nice. So, um, those owners, um, they need to come on. They, they need to solidify a sponsor, uh, for those teams. If they're, if they're interested in coaching, um, are there anyone who you have who, who's already reached out, uh, that is interested and can you say anything on that? Yeah, we've had a couple of people reach out. We're going to, we're going to keep that one kind of not, we'll talk about that kind of after we decide who's going to get what team, but, um, you don't necessarily have to have a sponsor. Honestly, that's, um, if you are interested and passionate about putting the time in and coaching a team and being part of the draft and, uh, willing to, to help try to look for sponsors, um, definitely, definitely eligible. Um, we've had, we've actually had more people reach out saying that they would be interested in sponsoring, but not coaching a team. Um, so it's definitely a possibility that it could be kind of a, you know, this person really wants to coach and this person really wants to sponsor. How can we make this work, um, to make it fair in terms of the whole draft process and things like that. So, um, we've had a couple of people reach out, but, uh, the more the merrier. Speaking of, uh, you know, Buckley's and next year, you know, kind of, I know you had a, uh, a real electric first baseman, uh, but he started off as a third baseman, but moved to uh first base late in the year. Um, but I hear there's some keepers with Buckley, uh, that might not allow a certain first baseman to show back up in a Buckley uniform. What are we kind of looking like right now for keepers next year? Do we have an idea yet? Well, and if, I mean, and if you need a first baseman, I'm still available to play again, Jimmy. Well, I mean, that's the thing about picking up from 2019 is last year being your first year, nobody can keep you. So everybody's got a chance to grab you. So you're going to be a high no, on everybody's draft board. No, I'm not that. I'm I'm so fast, but that's even about if it. I had three first basemen, you'd probably still be towards the top of my towards the top of my draft board. So, um, no, I think it, it's it's that's another one where that's a, a contentious topic in terms of keepers and. Uh, it's another one where I, if anybody tells you exactly what we're going to have for keepers, um, they're probably kind of talking, talking out of their ass a little bit. Um, it's one of those things where it's been voted on and we'd like to, to uphold that, but last year threw a wrench into everything. Um, and if it doesn't make sense at the end of the day, I'm pretty confident what we'll end up doing is whatever makes the most sense. Um, so that's, that's a situation that we still need to figure out. Um, with the the talk of the keepers and everything and last year you've mentioned it a couple of times how different it all was i personally i've been in the league for a long time i loved just having a full on redraft and playing with guys that i've never done is that a possibility for this coming year i would say probably not um I, i'm not going to rule anything out um i wouldn't say that's the favorite though um there's the redraft part of it was awesome for sure. I think that was, it was a perfect decision for us to make for last year. Um, but kind of, as we mentioned before, in terms of the whole community aspect, there is a, a lot of people that have been in the league for a lot of time, a long time. And th- there's part of it is having, building a core and being able to build a core and, and knowing you can't enter the same team in every year, but you can have, everybody has their kind of guy. A lot of teams have their own guys. Uh, like Joe with us and Jamie with, with Johnny and things like that. So um, I, I don't see the redraft being a, uh, a strong possibility, but I'm not going to rule anything out. No, um, I have a, I have a question on the keeper, um, the keepers. 
when you guys typically, or not, I won't say you guys, cause this is in years past. Um, has there ever been, has there been a, a thing where you, um, you, you vote on this is the set amount of keepers and is there like, it has to be so many years after, uh, the current year that it's voted on. Yeah, definitely. I mean, and that's what they did before going into the 2019 season. It was voted. We're going to do four keepers per team going into, into 2020. And we're going to do that for three years. That was what the, the term was. So technically that's what the rule is in there right now. Um, and I would say that is probably the favorite because they voted on that. So in 2019, was that, that was a two, a two keeper league or a two keeper draft, or um, maybe it was a one keeper and uh, the owner. Was that just a one-off? Yeah. And and that's kind of what I'm saying is like, that wasn't, we didn't do that for more than, than one year. Um, That was kind of just to go, we had to adapt to what the situation was. Um, so yeah, it was only two keepers that year. And then they voted, all right, going forward, we're going to do three years of four keepers. Last year's COVID season kind of, kind of threw a wrench into that. And I think from my perspective, it's really tough. There's a couple, there's, it's really a whole lot of things that go into it in terms of it's the keepers and the draft. And, um, if we have nine teams, like how does that work? Um, in terms of the keepers and it, it gets really complicated and really it's, the only way I can describe it is it, it's something that with keepers in the draft, it's, it's not something that we can get a hundred percent right, but we can definitely get it wrong. Um, we can definitely do it, do it wrong. Um, so we're trying to work through every, every kind of scenario and see what makes the most sense. And unfortunately, as much as people don't want to admit it, it, it a lot of the time it depends on who's going to be in those drafts, who are the new players that are coming into the league and, and competitive balance, stuff like that. So that's why I always say, it's it's early. Let's get to March and in April before we start really talking confidently about how many keepers there's going to be and, and what the setup's going to be like. Uh, Jim, speaking of the draft, Hayes, great hat there. But um, so there's some early speculation that there's a possibility of going to one draft. Um, in years past, we've gone obviously returning players and then a new player draft. But um, what's going down with the possibility of the of just one draft for all players? Yeah, that's definitely um, included in, in those other conversations I was talking about. It's That's another one where that was the first time that the league's ever done that. It's been a draft league since the 80s, and that's the first time they've ever done, I think, that. And um, we were they were trying to think back, the guys that have been in the league for a long time, were trying to think back why they did the two separate drafts, and nobody could really remember what the reasoning was. I'm sure there was something that happened. That's usually how it goes, but... Um, I don't really know which way we're going to land on that one, but I would say it's, it's a possibility. I mean, really it's, it's whatever's best. I mean, you're never going to make everybody happy. It's whatever's best for the league. And, you know, yeah, I mean, on, like with happens. all these, with all these questions, like I, I, I don't really have a, a, a preference either, whichever way we go. I don't really have a, and I think that makes me good in my position where, I mean, even though I'm a coach of a team, I really, I don't one keeper, four keepers, one draft, three drafts. I don't really care as long as it makes sense. As long as I'm not with Chambers, I don't care. Sounds like Jim is taking Chambers 1-1. One, one. I'm not taking him 1-1, one, 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 but I'm, I'm one. taking him now. I'm taking him. He's like he's going to be a Buckley guy. <laughs> and like you – I'm sorry. Like you said, at the end of the day, whether it's three drafts, one draft, however we do it, the league's going to be competitive. It always is, um, which is, again, why this league is one of the best. So um, Yeah. 
obviously whatever the board decides is going to be best for the league. And like Jay Rowe said, not everyone's going to be happy, but um, you know, whatever you guys decide will be the right choice. Hopefully do something about uh, just yelling. Where's the game ball? Who has the game ball? Can the league come together to do something to make it so that we just know where game balls always are? I got to say that that's not, not to, not to jump in front of you. That's just one of the most annoying things during the games. I mean, it's like, it, it always seems like there's one team that will always go and get the balls or, you know, one team just, doesn't have enough guys sometimes and they just, they can't go get the balls. So uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm very interested in this. Yeah. I mean, that was one thing we, we, uh, one of the things I tried out differently in, in that fall league that seemed to get good reviews um, was not giving the, the coaches the game balls, but having one bucket at, at the field. Um, we have to work through that. I, I've, it's been brought up. It's still something that's on the, on the docket for us to determine, but that's something I'm, I'm definitely pushing for is, um, one bucket of game balls, but then it, again, it becomes even almost more accountability for making sure people are going out and getting them and not stealing them. Um, I'm not concerned about that part, people taking them for BP or whatever, but um, that's my one concern is it, it seems to me to make sense to go to just a bucket so that the ump just has it. We don't have to wait. doesn't have to interrupt the game, but there's less skin in the game for people to actually go and get their balls uh, when they're hit. So that's something that we'll have to definitely stay on top of. Um, it's not, it doesn't make enough sense for us if it's going to cost us a lot more money for balls. On regionals, and I know Sean, Sean Taylor likes to make a couple trips down to Mark Tell and Twardowski around lunchtime and, and load up balls down there. And I'm sure he'll, uh, he'll be willing to go make sure that bucket's filled. I know. I yeah, think Johnny I mean, Raymond does that too, if I'm not, not mistaken. So, I mean, I mean hopefully, they're obviously the the night, they're fair game, honestly, like that's how it's, it's basically been. Yeah, but I'm just and general you know, goes out the next afternoon and grabs them. They should just be coming right back as the league and and let's refill that bucket. But who knows that if that would happen or not? But yeah, ideally, we'd have to figure out what do we do with Twardowski? What would we do with the Legion? Who's where are the ball is going to be? Are we going to leave him in that in the shed? Um, a lot of things we'd have to think we'd have to think through on that one still. But um, that's what I'm pulling for. So speaking of the Legion, um, I know, I don't think you guys played there last year and I know two years ago we didn't, um, but I know you had mentioned the possibility of also maybe some teams for double headers. Um, I know it was just very early in the, in the process on that, but, um, where are you guys leading? What are you thinking on that? Yeah, I think that's, that's one, um, that was kind of, that's, that's more, that was an idea that I came up with. Um, we really haven't discussed it as a board at all yet but um one of the years that i played in the league um we did there we added we had nine teams so obviously with nine teams everybody can't play in the same night so everyone would have everyone have a have a buy every time through the schedule um and people hated the buys honestly um some people would still come down to the field but in the the covid era we can't really be most likely like suggesting people do that um so trying to come up with different ideas on maybe if we have nine teams, what are some things that we could do to avoid buys? And really the only options would be have three games at six 30 at the Legion or at the Legion Martell and Twardowski, and then seven 30, eight 30, and have one of those teams play twice in the seven 30, eight 30. Um, everyone would only have to do it one time through the schedule. Um, we could end the regular season two weeks earlier. And really the only other option would be 
Thursday nights, which nobody wants to do. That's never, that never works for rainouts um, or buys. So hopefully there might be some other ideas out there, but um, that's something that we, we would want to go just more than just the board on the double headers. We want to talk to the coaches on that too. So speaking of Thursday nights, um, obviously you just brought that up and I know we've been using that for the rainouts the last couple of years, but you just said it doesn't work. Is that something we're looking to get rid of? It sounds um, like with a double header, there's a possibility of having a little, little extra time in the summer, but obviously you run into worlds and other issues the later yeah. the season goes. So. We haven't even really talked it's, about it. Honestly, it hasn't come up. Um, I would anticipate that we probably still will use. Um, I would pref- I would one idea that I would have for that is, you know, make it a floating Thursday where those teams, two teams just have to find a Thursday that makes sense for them. Don't, don't make it have to be on a specific Thursday. Um, I don't know if that would necessarily make it more difficult or not with umpires, but um, that's an idea that I've, I've kind of thought of, but we as haven't talked about that at all yet for 2021. And and I know, I I think I had mentioned this to Hollywood maybe a couple of years ago, but even if you just have two Thursdays scheduled for the year as make updates, um, at least they're planned ahead. And if you need them, you have them. If you don't, that's great. So whether it's the floating day or or whatever works, but, um, you know, it seems like, um, I mean, obviously you guys will figure it out. This this group's going to be busy on Thursdays, I think. So just know that ahead of time. Thursdays are out. Jim, President Jim. Thursdays are out. All right gotta be out we need our we need our time to talk about the week we got to figure out a way to be able to uh record this down on a rain out thursday night down at martell which i probably have better wi-fi at martell you mean wi-fi don't say better wi-fi just wi-fi wi-fi yeah (laughs) (laughs) although i gotta tell you guys guys got jokes and connecting to my house all right well you're you're nothing to talk about wi-fi over there Martell looked good today. I'll tell you that much. Got down Did there like- for a little, little oh. tea work during the snow, yeah. the snow squalms we had today. Almost busted my ass a couple times. But uh, hey, Prez. Speaking of which, those banners out in the outfield are brittle and chipping away. Are we gonna get some nice new banners on the in the outfield at Martell? Um, I think definitely the the stake banner in center field. Um, awesome. Definitely, probably time for a new one of those. Um, the other banners aren't, aren't the leagues though. So, um, that's a, that's a, that's a Ryan thing. Gotcha. Hey, it was, I tell you what, I know it's, I was stupid. It was 27 degrees out. I had a hoodie on and it was snowing, hitting off a tee, but I tell you what, it was nice being down there and the, the, the season can't come quick enough. You're Jim, nuts, man. You, You're nuts. Could you touch back on something you, uh, you talked about the league having one sign on the fence and that being, uh, for stake. Could you just uh, quickly run us through who that is and why there's just a random stake out in center field? Yeah, I mean, stake was a guy that played in the Merrimack League for a, a long time. Great, great, great player. Uh, was on a lot of championship teams. Um, I, I unfortunately was only able to play against him, I think, for two years. Um, and unfortunately, he passed away of cancer. Um, I think it was, I don't know, 2015-ish, maybe. I could be wrong there, but uh, great guy. It was a great, uh, I believe he was on the board at one time. Um, might've even been the president at one point, actually, um, big time contributor to the league. Um, so somebody that definitely, um, when he passed, we made sure we honored him by putting that, that sign out in center field. So definitely time for a new one of those. I have to share one story about him. Um, so for a year he played with us on St. Joe's, 
we had him a boot and then puck for this random main tournament. And we went up and stayed at his house in uh, right on the beach. And he's talking about bringing his daughters up there. And it, his, his daughter said the funniest thing ever that every time she got hit by a wave, she just yelled, the wave punched me right in the face. Yes, this is an adult size hat. I have a child size head. Um, but it was just, he was just a great guy. You, you, you hit it exactly right. Um, he wanted everyone to succeed. He loved, he loved having the new guys in the league and he joked around. He's one of the guys with his Miller lights, but yeah, he was a good guy. We miss him. All right. Let's talk about Let's move into, let's get almost through these meeting notes here. I know, uh, trip is going to the 240 is Merrimack moving to 240 as, as well, or what, what's going on here? I don't know anything about back impression. So yeah, I don't really know anything about back impression either. Um, cool. So we'll skip still, that one. Yeah, we can skip that. <laughs> How about this one? Cause I know this was contentious in the finals of the Merrimack men's softball league. There was uh, no that- contention in those finals. It was all friendly the whole time. Oh yeah. Because we won so easily. Um, which Jim was the GM coach star center fielder for Buckley's uh, who I was the first baseman for. We won the championship very well uh, against Dustin and Corey, which was lovely. Uh, are we adopting the foot in the front of the plate? I know that was kind of as long as you were, you were basically behind the pitcher's rubber, you could put your foot anywhere you wanted to. What are we doing? Yep. So we, we changed the rule to be now it's consistent with the, the new U trip um, like tournament rule. So, uh, no longer can you make contact with the ball with your either like if you have both feet in front of of home plate. So um, something that was kind of confusing, definitely at the beginning of last year, and then kind of towards the playoffs, and it was tough for the umpires. But yeah, so no longer can you hit in front of the plate. And I know I know V's probably going to be a little disappointed to hear this, um, but so we are going. Yeah, you have to keep that back. One of your foot, your one of your feet, the back foot has to stay behind the front of the plate. Yeah, you can't make line. contact with the ball with with both feet in front of the plate. Okay, perfect. I like it. Um, that's good. I mean, that's nice that we're getting these meeting notes out there. Um, you know, and, and we get the president here that we can really, really grill you with uh, some hard heading questions. Did you know eighty seven percent of softball players also golf? That's a made-up stat, but it sounds right. After a five-game softball Saturday, let's get those legs working on Sunday and come join us at a live-free golf event. We are a handicapped-based golf league that travels all over the Northeast playing some of the best courses around in stroke play tournaments. Let's face it, you are going to golf anyway, so might as well win some prizes throughout the season doing it. You will also play for a chance to represent your state at Live Free Golf's Colony Cup. We currently have leagues running in New Hampshire, Massachusetts, and Maine. For more info, check out livefreegolf.com or find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. But here's the big thing. Jim, what have you been doing this offseason? I've been, uh, you know, I just sold my house. I've been uh, up in Maine for a couple months now um, doing a whole lot of nothing. Uh, Just going to the gym and working. And uh, just kind of laying low, getting ready, getting looking for houses, and um, betting on sports. Man, it's about it. Not and not well. Sounds like the true softball off season right there. Gambling, gym, and uh, drinking. That's a that's a softball. Not a lot of drinking though. Not a lot of drinking. I've I've been taking it easy in January. I was hitting a, I was hitting a little too hard back in uh, 
back when it was Merrimack league on Mondays and Wednesdays. And then I'd be at the bowling alley on Tuesdays and Saturdays and Sundays and, um, taking it, taking it a little bit easier, getting ready for the summer. I tell you that that's nice. At least one of the two of us took a break because I'm still going hard from that schedule and just kind of kept it going. Yeah. The, the bowling was, uh, bowling was, was, it was dangerous. It was expensive. Jim, speaking speaking of the bowling game, dude, how is it? How's the game looking right now? Oh man, I'm rusty. I haven't played. I mean, I was playing, like I said, two three times a week back, like right right when they reopened. But uh, it wasn't great the last time I went out. Man, it wasn't good. These main lanes are a little bit different. Oh, the main lanes, the the oils. It's oiled up a little bit differently up there. I I didn't love the oil pattern, but uh, but uh, I'm gonna. I'm I'm thinking about getting a ball. I might get a ball. Oh, I was just going to ask, do you have your own ball? No, I think that's, I don't, don't have my own obviously. ball. At this point, like now all my boys have their own ball and uh, it, it might be time for me to make the, make the change. Makes a difference. What, uh, what size do you throw? I, I throw a 15 or 16 usually. I can see that. Any, and then just the same thing for a spare ball too, or do you have a different spare ball that you like, or just no, a 15, 16 all the way through? It's the same, same ball. That's how, how the pros do it. Hug it back down. <laughs> I love that. Good for you. Uh, great. Hey, uh, so Dustin, we got though. we got some ch- uh, Dustin's boilers acting up. He um, he's oh, trying Jesus. to make sure his wife and son don't uh, uh, they they continue to receive heat, which is nice. <laughs> um, Hayes, are you watching uh, any of this Challenge Cup right now? Can you give us a quick update, and maybe on Mass or what's going on? So Mass is going to be coming up in about an hour. I was uh, making sure my my Wi-Fi could be dedicated to the pod. Uh, so I can give that a look though, and I'll get right back to you on what games are going on right now. All right. I mean, hey, we're looking good. Um, Dustin, what's going on with the boiler situation? The house nice and heated, or what? what what's up? Still boiler in the background. I'm sure, you can hear it. Wow, that sounds. That just that sounds like you have a, a cheering right. section behind you. Yeah, I'm we right, have a. Cr- I'm right next to it. Oh, there it is. Yeah. I'm back, boys. Let's All go. Right. Bring yeah. it. Have you been timing these? Like, do we know how much time we have? We have plenty of time. Plenty of time. Uh, I have a crying baby here, and I thought that was the most obnoxious sound, and then it turns out it was no. the board. Yeah, you get Wi Fi is great. When I have power, my Wi Fi is great. <laughs> yeah. Power and men. Get, get a microphone, so, and you won't be able to hear anything. Jim, another question here on the uh, for Merrimack. How, how did you end up getting into Merrimack? How did you get in the league? Kind of um, take us through that story. Yeah, so um, my buddy Tyler Garstang, who a lot of you guys probably don't know, Hayes, you probably know him, but yeah, um, we played a few times together. Yeah, so his dad played in the league like forever. I played poker with him. Oh yeah, I'm sure he did. <laughs> um, so I, I grew up with him. He was in my grade. We played baseball together, and uh, his dad played in the Merrimack League forever. Garstang grew up down at Martell, um, and I played. We were playing Legion one summer, and he was like, "Dude, as soon as we're done with." with baseball, like we're going right into softball. It's awesome. It's the best. And I went down there and this is a hundred percent true story. So we had a game at like four o'clock in Merrimack. And then after our game, we went down to, to Martell and I no no joke in the second inning of the, the second inning of softball I'd ever seen in my entire life. Somebody hit middle on the pitcher and the shortstop went from shortstop to first base and punched the guy in the face at first base. And I was like, Holy shit. Softball is awesome, dude. Like this is sick. It's just going to be brawls all the time. And I was like, yeah, like we're I'm gonna absolutely like, I can't wait to play. 
and uh, haven't seen a brawl at, at, at the softball field ever since. But that was the only uh, time you saw something that was like the that? only time I've ever seen a brawl. But I was I was in after that until so, until Hayes until Hazer punched that dugout. Yeah, that's only <laughs> the violence I've seen really in the field. Looking at me all wrong. So do you uh, know who these players were that that got in the brawl? Or yeah, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep it. I'm gonna come on. Come on, we need some juicy info here. Are they still in the league? No, they're not in the league anymore. But, Let's go. Uh, Who are they? No, nah, you don't need to worry about <laughs> it. But, uh, Could have been my right. dad not long ago. No, it wasn't. Um, but anyway, so after – Sounds like Custer. No, it wasn't. It, after college, <laughs> uh, it wasn't Puck. It wasn't Puck. It wasn't Dulac. Uh, but after college, uh, joined, went to the draft, got drafted by Matty DeLude. At the time, was the coach for Buckley Disposal. And uh, – only team I've ever been on. Next year will be year number nine on Buckley Disposal. The all-time best bookkeeper I've ever seen in any sport my entire life, Matty Delude. Keeps the oh, best book. He's up there. Joe Marnoli. Like he's he's another guy though. But but Delude changed my life when it felt he like put the same the like, sc- coaching tree. Like the same, like you know, okay. He puts NFL, the run like, score in the tree, box like, instead of filling it. Uh that, he stole that from Saint, actually. That's my, my guy, my guy Saint. Yeah, keeps RBI. That's, that's, that's next level. Yeah. RBI, RBIs are tough in softball. Very Absolutely. difficult. It, it just happens so fast. Especially when you go back and you're looking at it and no one keeps it. You're like, this. there's just amateur, no way amateur hour. Figure it out. Yeah. Um, so I, it, I, I personally enjoy being a buck. Occasionally I've been able to do it for whatever wins, but it is difficult in, in, we overlook the book guys sometimes. I know Dilute has won us a game in tournament softball um, by keeping such a good book. And nationals. Honestly, any team, any team, like we have Rainville on regional, and it is so huge, especially, I mean, a lot of us have coached or are coaching it. And when you come in and can trust your book guy, it's, it's literally huge. It's, it's an important position that people huge, do not think is important. Absolutely. And especially with um, like, making sure we're getting everybody into the game in league and, and stuff like that. And making sure um, it like, it, it's gotta be somebody who is, is cool with playing the minimum innings or not playing or something like that. It doesn't have to be, but it helps if, if you have a guy that's really wants to be part of the team, man. And uh, if they keep a great book, um, that's a, that's a huge, huge, huge asset on the team for sure. So Jim, you just mentioned minimum innings, um, which I think is a great role that we, we obviously have. <laughs> I don't know what Ace is doing, but um, let me ask you this. So we have like Rainville, for example, you guys have Martin Oli. I know a, a handful of teams have guys who, who just legit don't want to play. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They want to come and only keep the book and kind of hang out with the guys. Are we looking, I mean, I think there should be some sort of, of bylaw or something that, that lets those guys in the league it doesn't require you know, require yeah, them yeah. to play. And, and we've done like we've made that rule change since um, two years ago, okay. um, where it's basically just got to announce before the game. Like if if somebody used Brett Rainville as an example, if he showed up and he was on your roster and he was like, you know, what? I just want to drink beers and do the book tonight. As long as if you tell him the other team before the game, he doesn't need to get in. But if you get in a pinch down the stretch of the game, he can't go in. So. Um, that's something that, that we, uh, we're going to continue doing. It's a great rule. It keeps everybody involved. Um, yeah, it, it, it makes perfect sense with, um, with the way that the, the league is run and just 
Oh my goodness. Not to, not to break anything, but uh, we are in the top of the seventh year for the challenge cup at the, um, in the stadium, North Carolina East versus North Northern California. Uh, it was eight to six North Carolina East uh, two outs in the top of the seventh, two men on, and there was just a four base error awarded to oh. the uh, to the, the runner. So now we're looking at uh, yeah, now we're looking at eleven to six. Wow, good time for that. Yeah, I was just yeah. These guys are huge, and the ball for D's the ball is flying out of that stadium. Wow. Yeah, what was, I, what was I saying? Yeah, uh, great, great rule, great, great <laughs> rule to have everybody get in into the games. Um, it's just not, it's, it's not fun when, if you're not a guy who, you know, like a lot of us here, we're tournament softball players. We're, we're going down there. We're hitting BP before the games. Some guys don't want to do that. Some guys want to go down to the field. They want to drink some beers. They want to hang out with the guys. Like it's, it's not their goal to be a, a good softball player or, or they don't even really care. They just want to go down there and hang out. Right. And it's good that everybody has to get into the games. Um, it's just a good, it's a good rule. It's a good precedent to set because yeah, you're, you're, you're there to play. So you might as well play. Well, and that goes back to our episode one. I had the flu, so I'm trying to recall it. Uh, but I'm going like, I'm thinking about how this league does stay competitive and how the question was asked. Do you think the competitiveness or the, the, the type of competition within the league chases some guys away? And I think this is a way that you get, excuse me, you get a whole, you, you get a great, um, uh, ball of, of talent throughout every team and it keeps everybody involved. Um, I know with Buckley this year, we had some guys that were great guys, played the minimal innings, and were huge team guys. Like, we had great fits, and but it kept them in. Everybody was engaged the whole year. Jim, you did a great job in coaching. I didn't realize um, early on, maybe first third of the season, you hadn't played in the field, but what, six innings? Yeah. I didn't. I didn't play. Uh, I was EH or first base until a game like 10. It was great. That was his plan. Like, that wasn't to help I mean. Him. Jim didn't have to run. It, it worked out pretty well. Like um, we I was, I was lucky enough this year where I never was short on players. That was always an issue I had in years past, and we had a great turnout. And that's that's a huge, huge thing in the league. We're just talking about the the, the book guys, but not just them. Every like getting the whole team to buy in. That's the teams that that end up winning are always the teams that get everybody to buy in, and that's the best guy down to the to the worst guy and uh that's it, it's huge it's it's huge that in, in terms of if you're gonna win the going kind of playing off of that with um i, I know that there are issues with um some sometimes the game times like the six o'clock game times or, or 6 30 game times rather um sometimes it's hard for guys to get down there a lot of nights you see maybe not a lot of nights but there it's frequently enough that you do see um <laughs> you do see teams that are out there playing with nine guys a lot. Uh, has the, has it been brought up with the board to kind of mimic the, like what you did in the fall where you had a reserve group of players to, that can just hop in in a regular season game. Um, it's been discussed in terms of, we know that the supplemental and that process is broken and that it needs to be fixed. Um, 
we haven't really talked much yet um, about kind of how we're going to do that. Uh, that's something that we're definitely going to talk about in our next meeting, which is uh, next week for our next board meeting. So um, definitely something we know is a problem. Um, I was able to do that in Merrimack for our fall league, but those were all guys I knew from the Merrimack league for the most part that play in our league. So um, I don't know how many people would be interested in signing up to be a sub where it's just like, Hey, we might need to call you one day and, and play. Um, so to be determined on that. Yeah. So Jim, uh, coming off the, uh, the board meeting notes that we had, uh, we do have a couple of questions for you specifically, or we have a couple more questions. You've been answering quite a bit tonight. Um, one of the questions I had, and I, I, it's it's not like a personal question. I think it's just more along the lines of, um, like, just to kind of inform all of these other guys in the league. Uh, I, I know that the board does more. The board and the president they do more than just vote on, uh, you know, vote on rules that they want implemented or. Uh, vote on trades and stuff like that. But um, what are the responsibilities uh, of the president and the board members uh, have? To, what do they have throughout the season for responsibilities? Yeah. I mean, um, that's kind of just the little tough. I can't answer that a hundred percent just because I, I haven't been on the board before. So there was a lot of stuff that I didn't know, like that I didn't know about the board. I, I guess I technically still don't um, going right kind of to president. Um, but everybody over the course of this, the whole season and, and not, I shouldn't say season from now until after the season, um, uh, has kind of a different like kind of responsibility, something that they're in charge of. Um, usually everybody has one. So things like, um, get, recruiting new players and things like that, talking to, uh, we've been, we always usually put out like an ad in like a newspaper or put it out on something else. Uh, somebody has to keep track of like the, the player list with all the contact info and the rosters and availability and stuff like that. So we know at draft time, we have all that information and also communicate with them about the whole tryouts and, and how that stuff works. Um, obviously we have like a treasurer. They keep track of all the money and making sure the sponsors are paying and um, paying for things like balls and umpires and stuff like that. Um, so everybody kind of has a different, a, a different job. And that's something that I definitely intend to, um, to do this year. Um, we haven't kind of set who's going to do what necessarily, um, but everybody's going to, everyone's going to have something to do. Uh, I think with some of the ideas that I have coming into this year, like, uh, if we fix like fixing the stairs and we're going to keep like an official scorebook, um, I would, I, I think that somebody's going to be in charge of making sure we're coordinating who's doing that. Uh, someone's going to have to talk to umpire, schedule that. So, um, it, it is something that, um, it, it's easy for people to kind of just show up on Mondays and Wednesdays and be like, oh, these, like this guy doesn't do anything on the board. Um, it's a little bit unfair most of the times when people say that, um, just cause there's a lot more going on kind of behind the scenes. Um, so I'd agree with that. Yeah. There, there's a, there yeah. is a lot. I mean, I run a tournament softball team and, um, we have run tournaments in the past and it, it's a lot, it's, it's a lot for one weekend. It's a lot just running a tournament team for, you know, seven to 10 tournaments. Um, yeah, we're, we're talking about an eight to 10 league, uh, 
eight to 10 team league uh, with, you know, each team gets 27 games. It spans five to six months almost. It seems like sometimes during the year, uh, there, there is a lot that goes into that. And uh, it looks like you definitely have um, your work cut out for you. And um, yeah, it looks, it looks like, it looks like we have some pretty good things coming for this season. Yeah, I'm excited, and and there's always things that come up during the year that it's hard to to prepare for, and there's things like trades and people that get hurt and supplemental stuff, and so there's always things that uh, during the season, um, there there is definitely things that we have to vote on and, and stuff like that. But um, excited, I think having two more board. Usually the board's been six plus the president. This year we have eight plus the president, so um, it's it's going to be good in terms of. We're gonna have more bodies. And we're able to, to do more, um, be more efficient. Um, but it's also just makes it more even the communication and being clear makes it that much more important. And that's something that I'm I'm really looking forward to uh, to kind of nailing some of that stuff out over the next few months. So, oh, sorry. Go ahead, Hazer. Jim, you're like what? 26, 27? 28. 20. Okay, you're older than I thought. So now it makes more sense. But like strapping twenty eight year old. Uh, just a handsome tall drink of water but you're talking about all this stuff that you have to do and that it's like it's way more work than anyone expected and it's you're looking at eight to ten months really where that your your role has to cover dude why do you want to listen to grow i'm gonna complain about every rule you make i'm gonna say why it doesn't work dustin's gonna call you the c word during the middle of a game and say that the president sucks not anymore why do you want to do that like you're, you're 28 years old. Why is that something you actually want to spend time doing? You know, I, I don't mind it. Um, I think I, I, I welcome like when people have differing opinions. Um, I think I, that, that part doesn't bother me at all. Like having grown men complaining and stuff like that. Um, I think as long as I know what the hell, like I'm talking about, then I have no issue as long as, as long as, as, what we're doing for the league is right. Then I have no problem with, with, with getting chirped or, or people talking shit. But, um, you know, I, I kind of found myself last year. I, I have to admit, I probably closed Martel like 75% of the time last year, last year. Like I was there till like 1am last guy there, like every night. And I'm like, you know, what? I'm already here anyway. Um, I'm, I'm always, I, I've haven't been on the board, but I've kind of been involved in like they, some of the guys asked me for my opinion and, there have been some ideas that I've come up with at coaches meetings that we've ended up running with. And I think for me, it's um, it's something that I've always been interested going back to when I was younger. Like I've always been the, the guy in my friend group that's been the commissioner of the fantasy football league or run the March madness pools or um, things like that. So I'll, sorry, a lot of them are gambling related, but um, always kind of like the organizer type, type of type of guy. So um, I was when, when they were, talking about when Hollywood stepped down and they were talking about, you know, we need somebody to kind of step up. Um, I figured I'd throw my name in and uh, here I am. Can't leave Martell till the beer's all gone. That's the rule. No, um, it was it, Last year was, it, it reminded me of like the early first few years I played in the league. Like we would stay down there like late. Last, um, last year for me too. <laughs> I, I mean, with a kid and everything, I found myself down there. Well, and, that, and that's the thing too is like <laughs> like i am single like i have the time right now like if i'm gonna do this at any time like my my 
total amount of responsibilities are pretty low outside of this of this league. It's work and Wally for the most part. Um, so it, it's not a whole lot for me. I'm I'm pretty flexible like with my job, and it makes me being able to work from home and and I love my job and it's going to allow me kind of the flexibility where I, I, I don't see that in interfering with me being able to be the president or anything like that. So I figured if I'm going to do it, why not now? So you, you, know, you were touching a base on, um, you're touching base on, you know, kind of the board and, and, you know, you just being around with the coaches, if you're not like, you're not on the board, like, Fall ball. I just want to help out. I like the league. I, I made that pretty blatantly obvious as a new guy. I want to be involved as much. How can you help out as non-board member, as just a guy that's a part of the league that wants to help advance the league and bring guys in and keep people engaged? Like, are there ways for a guy like me to help out? Yeah, there's always things that, that you can help out with. And, and a, a lot of the times it's not even really neat, something you need to go out and be like, Hey, what can I do? Like, what can I do? It's you, you see stuff at the field all the time. A ball goes into the parking lot, just go run and grab it. Like um, you see something falls down or something like, like there's a lot of different ways that you can help, like just being at the field and kind of being available. Um, and really other than that, like um, it, spreading the word to, to more people to get more people in the league and um, sponsors and, and things like that. So a lot of different ways i mean if we're doing the scoreboard will people be able to help out with that and uh, we are lucky that we have a lot of guys in the league that like to hang out and it's not like when their game is over it's like nah i'm sitting on this tailgate and just drinking beers i'm not doing anything else like we have a lot of guys that are are like hey i'm, I'm here i might as well help out so that's that's been super helpful jim i chose you last year as i needed if jim left it was time for me to go so i appreciated you staying so late Oh, if I was your benchmark, then you were there probably pretty late. Um, there was a couple of times where I was there, I would get home and I'd be like, what the hell? Like, that was dumb. I'm definitely not. Dude, doing I talked to you the next day and you're like, yeah, I was there until one I'm like, what the fuck? I left no, you at 1130. Like, what happened? It the worst, the worst would be like, the worst would be I'd go home at 1230 on Monday night and I'd wake up Tuesday and I'd be like, all right, Wednesday, my game's over at 730. I'll hang out for a little bit and go home. I'm there till one o'clock on Wednesday night. Like it just, that's how it always works. But that's part of the league. Like that's part of what's awesome about the league. Like in every other league I've been in, it's, I might drink a couple beers in the parking lot and then just go home. Like, um, with this league, it's hanging out, talking to people, catching up, things like that. So you got to um, set a, you got to set a personal rule for anyone listening do not stay late on Monday night. It, it just, it throws the whole week off. Oh, shut up. No, that's bullshit. 100%. Here's the 100%. rule. This you lose is all rule. that sleep. No, there's no sleep. Like, here's the rule. When exactly. the beer's gone is when you can go. That's the rule. <sighs> Jay always has an emergency 30 in his truck, so it gets dicey. <laughs> it, it, it's almost possible to leave. I, I think there's been several times we've all tried to leave. And it's it just, there's just some sort of gravitational force that just keeps you at the tell for one more beer. And then next thing you know, you're going to oh, yeah. hit, hit, hitting tips from Andy Lee at 1230 at night. And yeah, I can't tell you how many times where I haven't been the last to leave where I'm leaving. And I'm like, that guy said bye to me an hour ago. Like that guy told me he was leaving an hour ago and he's still here. And like now I'm leaving. So uh, there's, all, there's, happens. there's also the times where you, you think all the, the, uh, the regional guys are gone and then you, uh, you're like, <laughs> Nope, nope, they're still here. There they are. Hey, I will say that they've been catching a little bit too much heat for that. They're definitely not the only ones, I will say. 
for a while that was definitely it was like yeah that's that's regional but uh it, it's it's definitely not just them or some of the There's young a- guys they're not even going to the woods it's, it's like <laughs> Jesus Christ, Horsey was running to, to second on a double, sparking up a joint for Christ's sake. That Merrimack skunk is definitely uh, definitely reproduced, and they yeah, it's got you know little skunk babies running all over the place. It doesn't even it doesn't even like pertain just to the to the league. Like I was at Martell for a tournament. Um, I was playing with with hits this past year, and I was out. No, six hundred three elite. And I jumped out. I was with Hayes and Colby. Uh, and I said, all right, I'm, I'm done. I'm out. Oh, hey, Hazer, what's up? I'll have one. Fucking four hours later, I text my wife. I said, I'm on my way home. She goes, okay, cool. It's 8 o'clock at night. What are we doing for dinner? I was like, Jesus, the game, the, the tournament was over, and I was still hanging out there. Like, it's just a – Martel's got the vibe. Did you just hit us with a, did you just hit us with a Canadian oot? Right there, I sure I did. I, I'm watching. Ho- I got my, I got Canadian, I got hockey night in Canada wow. going on here. So yeah, I sure did. You're you going to talk pod, about keep that for any time you need to throw that in there. I'm trying wow. to, I'm trying to bring JD Drews. I'm trying to get us into that Canadian market. I'm hoping he brings us up north. All right, uh, so Jim, we've talked a lot about you know what you you have big goals for the league, and we have some changes going. Like if you have to look, there's one thing that your plan is. I need to get one thing and make sure this this works whether it's your actual goal or something you know needs to get settled what is it that you're looking at and like this is going to make the league that much better um my answer is one that's going to be kind of hard to measure but transparency like just making sure that everything is clear and i again i really hope that the website makes that a possibility um i'm not saying that past years haven't been transparent or needs to be more transparent but um, there definitely were times where people are showing up to the field not knowing what the hell's going on. Um, so that's one thing that I, I definitely, the kind of the transparency and the communication and just having everything kind of kind of lined up. Um, that's my that's probably my biggest goal for this year. On the website, is there a an option for you to? I mean, just create videos. I mean, can you just post something, a video of yourself for all claims to cancel tonight? I mean, do you have that kind of flexibility? But that is pretty much just. Um, I'm not sure. You know, I, you can I just post post stuff. I, I don't know. Um, I haven't really looked into that. But one thing I did see is like, so I can enter every player individually in this website. And when I do that, I can put their contact info. So I could technically from the website do like mass emails and things like that. Um, which is something that I may consider doing um, if it makes sense. Uh, wouldn't do mass texts or anything like that. But um, I think f- for the most part, Facebook will probably still be kind of sp- spot one for, for those types of updates. Well, and I think the other thing is, is that's kind of something we've talked or, or at least I've thought about is would love to do Instagram. Like once the season gets going, you don't need to see me hitting BP at Martell in the snow, although it is a beautiful sight. Um, but no, like during the season, I like, we're going to do Instagram. So Jim, maybe that's where we can help out too, is you throw it to, to the bring it, uh, social media conglomerate that this is going to become, um, like, I know we would love to do interviews down at the field. We'll have highlights up. We want to maybe even stream a game or two, which would be absolutely amazing. Um, but that's definitely something we thought about in chat. It's a hell of an idea. Maybe we use that. 
Yeah, I would love to have you guys. I would love to have you guys on the call for like playoff games on streams. Um, that would be pretty cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you guys want to do Instagram stuff, like the, I don't want to go anywhere near the social media stuff. So the more people that are willing to help me with that, the better. Nice. Um, so yeah, I got, I got one last question for you. Um, long-term, where do you hope the league is in five years? I mean, there's no really telling where, um, you know, your role will be in five years, uh, if it's president or board member or even in the league. Um, and how do you retain, like two of the big, big issues that I've seen in just softball in general, um, how do you plan on retaining players and how do you plan on recruiting younger guys to get into the game? Yeah, I think that's a a great question. Um, and not to, not to be super pessimistic in my answer. I hope there is a league in five years, like, um, in, in terms of like, not just a league, like our league, the way we have it set up with the draft and how awesome it is. Like, unfortunately, and that's my concern is what you brought up next was, uh, recruiting like new players. Um, I think when I joined the league about nine years ago, it was like a huge influx of kids about my age, um, ranging from maybe a year or two older than me to a year or two below me. There was probably 20 to 25 of us that all joined at the same time, which was a huge number. And then since then, um, we kind of had like a big gap where there wasn't a, we had a couple of years where we really weren't getting any new younger players in the league. Um, it got to the point where like two years ago, they were like, Hey Jim, Tommy, like we need you guys to go out and get the young kids. And it's like, Hey, like we've been out of high school for a long ass time at this point. Like, we're not the young guys anymore. Like um, we don't know where we can go and recruit, but I think this year was, was a nice site. We talked about chambers before, but he's got a group of buddies. And I think kids in his grade, we probably had about, I don't know, seven or eight of, of kids in that kind of age group, uh, which is great. So we, hopefully that can continue, but it's a concern. Uh, for for sure, um, but we just got to, you know, keep recruiting and 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 hopefully, um, hopefully people we get can get can get people to stay and um, we'll be able to continue to run run the league like we have been. Uh, and I think I think the fall ball league was awesome. I think we had a a lot of guys. I mean, you're talking to the rookie here, but I think there was a lot of guys that weren't in the league um, that came up to play in it. And I know at least on my team a lot of guys are interested in playing in the summer. And I think that was the overall thing. I think that's a great way to get guys interested um, in the league. I know we had that same problem when I played in my league in Connecticut. I was in one of those teams. We lost two games in four years. One that like, it was just, it sucked, but we, we kind of always kept finding these guys because we recruited and just kind of always kept bringing the new people that were around. Um, I think there's a lot of different ways Facebook today is a huge help. Website yeah. would be a huge help. Yeah, and I think the tough part is, um, is, is getting people to sign up when they know that they might, they might not be on their buddy's team. Um, and I think that's a totally, completely rational thought to be to say, hey, I don't know if I want to play if I'm not going to be on your team. I don't know anybody else. I think a lot of people that kind of just jump in um they ended up really enjoying it and stick around and they bounce around from team to team and just look at it more of i'm getting to meet more and more people and play with more and more people as opposed to like i'm just getting kicked around from team to team it's it's not like that and those are the people that usually stick around so it things like making sure everyone's getting playing time and uh making sure the communication is crisp and 
uh, things like that, hopefully will will help us kind of retain people uh, year over year. Because, it, and you mentioned it, like guys in the fall, every year it's, I got so many guys that want to come and play and it always kind of levels out by the time we get to that. Every year for the last like three or four years, it's been, Oh, so many guys are coming to play. We're going to have nine, maybe 10 teams. And it's always at the draft. Like we're going to have enough for eight. Um, so it, that's kind of one of those things where I try to keep my expectations kind of, kind of level on that because it's a lot can change from now until, until the draft. If we get nine, that'd be great. If we get nine teams this year. Awesome. Yeah, I guess uh, I, I have a question for uh, Jim and Chad because you guys both kind of coach. Um, what type of guys should people be looking for uh, if they're interested in in recruiting them to come and play? Because I mean, you guys have seen you guys have seen like what it is, what types of players kind of stay for the long term, and um, what kind of players are just like. They're there. They're not really into it, and they're out because of one reason or another. Um, I mean, uh, that it's hard to just pigeonhole one type of player and another. I mean, obviously, we're all adults. Situations change in everyone's lives year over year, so it's hard to say. I mean, I've had a couple talented players who have only played one year, and I've had a couple guys who have, you know, maybe been my seventh, eighth guy in the lineup who have unfortunately you know dipped out after a year so it's it's really what's going on in their lives um obviously we've had a lot of guys who have came in who have loved the league and have stayed um for an extended period of time and are still playing um but but it's i don't know i don't think it's one type of player or or another i think as long as they come in they're personable they hang out and they have a good time they're going to continue on you do run into a couple players who who uh, for whatever reasons, think they should be playing all the time and are upset with certain decisions the coach might make and then may get discouraged and, and not come back the following season. But I think in general, um, 90% of players are going to come back as long as there's no drastic uh, life changes or anything going on. And, and they're happy with their playing time and who they're around. Yeah, I would say the, the guys to look at to recruit um, it, it's not so much a, a certain type of, of guy. It's more of making sure that you're setting the right expectations on what the league is. Uh, I think too many times we lose guys because they weren't really sure what they were getting into. Um, they show up day one and it's like, all right, not only am I not on my buddy's team, but like, I've never played softball before. All these guys are, are beasts. Like, all oh, that's kind of how we lose guys sometimes. So it's, it's definitely about setting a proper expectation. But other than that, I think um, mostly just guys that are that are looking for something else to do, get out of the house. Um, and definitely, definitely the guys that think softball is too easy. Um, those are definitely guys to go to go after. I know I've, I've had a couple of buddies that, no, nah, I'm not going to play. It's going to be way too easy. And it, it wasn't for them. So those are those are the best guys to go after. And I thought the- third was going to be easy until I realized some of you guys hit piss missiles every at bat. And just to follow up with what Jim just said, too, I mean, I, I asked Jerry Rowe the other day. I mean, the league is talented, so so it is hard to find the, the average player to come in and feel comfortable enough to play in that atmosphere. You know, when you're playing against 30, 30 to 40% tournament players. Um, so, so, I mean, that is a big adjustment for them. They come in thinking, hey, I played, you know, in, in such and such a league and I was one of the top players. 
And then you come in in here and you're one of kind of the middle of the pack guy. And it's a big adjustment for some guys. I think most coaches could probably agree though, that those middle of the pack guys, um, they're going to make or break your team in the playoffs for sure. Yeah. Those are the guys who win, win you the championships. Regional would know. No, no, we wouldn't, unfortunately. <laughs> Ooh. No, just, no I, I said the other day that, you know, regional's the type of team where you're, we're coming fourth or fifth. We're going to have a bunch of good dudes. We're going to have a fun season, and then and we're going to compete every game. But right now we just – Start 5-0, and oh, and then yeah. somewhere during the Co- middle of the season, you're going to be 500. Know, maybe. couple bad trades along the way. I mean, and then next thing you know, we're, we're dipping out in the first round. Hey. Give us a like, follow, head on over to Facebook. It's Bring It M-M-S-S-L. Um, you know, subscribe on Spotify, iTunes, wherever you're listening to, to podcasts. Would love a review. Uh, just keep your eyes out on the Facebook page. We're going to be posting that uh, through. Um, actually, this past weekend, you'll see the Challenge Cup. We're going to keep up to date with the New Hampshire Mass teams. Uh, really appreciate any of the support you can give us and, and spread the word. President Jim O'Connor. Really appreciate you jumping on here with us tonight. Thank you very much. Uh, it's been fun, boys. I uh, hope to be back soon. And uh, anyone listening, um, if anyone's interested in coaching or getting involved or uh, has anybody that wants to play this year, uh, definitely let let somebody know. Um, but, boys, it's been a pleasure. Yeah, thanks for coming on, Jim. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank, thank you, Jim. Thanks, boys. See you next episode. Yeah.